What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Shooting the Shit. I am back after a week-long hiatus. Well, we're back. We weren't on the show last week. Uh, Pat, how you doing, buddy? Life is okay, you know. Um, it's uh, uh, At some point during these last several days, there's like a mental health day embedded in one of these awkward days that get celebrated pretty much every day. And um, I'm just okay. You know, I'm not doing great. Um, sometimes we have to say we need help, and sometimes we have to be open about what's really going on. We can't just, I'm fine, our life, so I'm just okay, you know. Things could be better. They could definitely be worse, but, you know, things, uh, that, that's about a, a, a six out of a ten on my how you, how's your day going scale. So I'm just okay, my man. How you, how, how we feeling? How we doing? I'm fine. <laughs> Let me stop, but, like, I, I hear you, though. They... Uh, they have a mental health day, and it's very serious. I think it was yesterday, if I recall correctly, but that's a very serious thing. Uh, of course, I have my demons that I've dealt with throughout my life, and I've only gotten better with those through open communication and seeing professionals and everything else. So if you're having those issues, you are far from alone. Uh, whatever stigma that we have from that needs to be eradicated because it's getting people killed, especially in the midst of a pandemic where people are feeling increasingly lonely and isolated and just more unable to, to harm themselves, whether, you know, physically or physically or psychologically. So yeah, make sure your mental health is right. Uh, just just communicate with the people you love. If you don't if you don't have people you love, go see a professional, and uh, and that's all I gotta say about that. Uh, all right, so we can get to sports right quick, and we're going to start with that. Uh, I thought it was supposed to be a closeout game. Uh, everyone was acting like it was over, but Lakers and Heat going to a game six on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> poor Lakers, they they bought the mama jerseys out and. Like people already having the the goat debates and everything else, and it was looking like the the coronation of LeBron to be officially included in the goat conversation. Well, I guess seriously including the goat conversation because they needed a new angle. And Jimmy Butler wasn't cooperating. Neither was Duncan Robinson. So um, I, I'll I'll let you get started. Uh, I just want to know like how you felt about the game. I thought it was a classic. Um, I, I feel like this series has been very good overall, even though it looked like it was going to end early. Um, he has shown me a, a great deal more than even I was expecting from him. So, uh, floor is yours, Pat. Absolutely. Um, biggest takeaway for me is that the Lakers lost in the Kobe jerseys. Um, that hurt me <laughs> deeply. Um, <laughs> that hurt me deeply. It would have been a great storyline. They win 4-1. Kobe was 41, whatever. Ah, get out of here. Um, no, from a pure basketball analysis standpoint, um, we I don't care how this series ends. LeBron going to get his fourth ring. There's no Maybe. way you can walk away from this series disrespecting Jimmy Butler. As like, in ever again. Ever again. Nothing about Jimmy Butler should ever be questioned after this series. I mean um, – I have this I have this weird gauge. It's not really weird, but it's my own personal thing that I do with basketball players. Um Mello, uh Carmelo Anthony fell in that category for me uh for many years. It's superstars in crutch time that don't miss free throws. 
Like, they go to the line, and they're just super automatic. What was Jimmy, like, 10 for 10 in that game yeah. yesterday? And yeah, he, you know, it's just like 92% or something it's crazy. Like like nine, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Superstars. Uh, Jimmy Butler is a superstar at this point. I don't think that we can deny him that. Uh, just there, there have been a lot of guys that have come into the bubble and raised their profile with the play. Um, Jimmy Butler, I think, has served himself as well as almost anyone outside of maybe like Jamal Murray in Jokic, right? Um, Jimmy Butler inserted himself into that super superstar category, and Brian gave you a monster day. It's not like he just disappeared and gave you, you know, a, a Dallas 2011 series. He had a monster day. Is like you said, Jimmy Duncan Robinson supporting cast. Um, they gave you a little bit more than what the Lakers were able to provide. Um, I'm not going to eviscerate LeBron for passing at the end of the game. Um, no, I didn't mention that at all. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I, I'm going to leave it alone. Um, we've gotten to this weird point with LeBron where, and it's a social media age, the more hate you get, the more I think people actually love you. It's like the Floyd Mayweather thing when they started nitpicking his record. and his, Like, the man's great. Um, at this point, if you're fishing to find things to dislike about him, you, you're just really speaking more to who you are as a, a sports fan, who you are as a person, than you are anything that LeBron's accomplished on the court. Um, outside of that, man, I'm just very extremely impressed with Jimmy Butler, as we all have been for the entirety of the playoffs. And um, – I'm interested to hear more significant, more intellectual breakdown of this game from you, Sean. Oh, I actually don't don't have a ton of intellectual breakdown outside of Jimmy was out of his fucking mind. Like he played 47 minutes. Uh, God, like I, I'm not even sure how much he had. Was it like 37, 10? Like it, like no, he had a triple double himself. Like it, it was. He's had an unbelievable. Monster game down the stretch. He was there. Everything. Uh, there was uh, there was a point with about five minutes ago, and the, the he dropped a couple of possessions. I think they were down. They were down one, and I like literally tweet, oh, like the the heater out of gas, or like the run out of gas, and I kind of expected the the champions to take control and. You no, know, like do what they do, like a couple of LeBron buckets, and they're up six like a couple minutes ago, and then LeBron hits the, the another three. It's like bang, and you know, like the like the, the whole thing that you would expect from from the favorites, and like the Kaferi's gonna start coming down, and like people start jumping around, and again, Jimmy was like nah. No, <laughs> and apparently Duncan Robinson wasn't ready to leave the bubble either, which was even more impressive for me. Um, and I do want to talk about Duncan Robinson right quick because I have kind of disrespected him since basically since the Milwaukee series where he basically got taken off the floor. I owe Duncan Robinson and his clean cut milk drinking self a huge apology. I I just took for granted that Boston would be able to play him off the floor. Nope. He was a big part in at least two of their wins. Um, and I assume that the Lakers, who is an actual, like, the real deal, super elite defensive team, like, super smart guys, they're big, they're versatile, all that good stuff, they'll be able to take him off the floor or play him off the floor some way, somehow. 
No. He's still on the floor. Like, he, what, he played 34 minutes or something like that? And they're trusting him. Like, like Spo left him on the floor in that last possession, knowing that he was going to try to pick on Duncan Robinson. Like, he, he knew it. And, like, the whole building knew it. I was like, oh, okay, well, he's going to look for a screen because Duncan Robinson's right there. And, of course, Jimmy didn't. And of course, Jimmy didn't switch it, so it was kind of a soft double. And I, I think the calculus coming out that that huddle was look anyone but LeBron. Like LeBron has done this to us enough, enough. And you know he he threw the pass to Danny Green, and Danny Green missed a good look, which happens. And Markeith Morris, with, with an even less excusable play, uh, just decided to throw it out of bounds, which. Uh, a little less defensible than than hitting than missing a wide open three, like whatever. But uh, yeah, like I, I thought that was a, an excellent game. It was really exciting, and I cannot wait for Sunday. Um, my my fantasy team is really uh, really suffered due to Marquise Morris, <laughs> who somehow played 22 minutes and only accrued one positive counting stat. He had one rebound and three turnovers. That that out that was the extent of his um his stats his um his contribution to that basketball game in 22 minutes in a, a closeout game so uh, very disappointing for Lakerland and uh, I can't wait for Sunday uh, you, you know you can have all the narratives that you want but uh, you still still gotta come out 48 minutes and outside of Anthony Davis. Um, no one decided to come out to play for the Lakers, and it almost didn't matter because LeBron is LeBron. So, oh yeah, oh gosh, uh, but yeah, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. Uh, uh, sh- should I talk about? I, should I give my take on the on LeBron passing? Go for. Ah, uh, fuck. Ah, uh, you, you should have just said no. Let's move on. But look, <laughs> he, he he's been doing. Like, we've been having the, the same discussion since, oh, my God, was it, like, 2009 when we started, like, taking him seriously as a threat to a championship? It's been 11 years. LeBron is going to make the right play. And you squares keep playing the the the, the result instead of playing the, the process. Like, people are, like, if, it, if Danny Green makes a shot, all of a sudden it's the genius unselfishness of LeBron, but since he misses, it doesn't work like that. You take the highest percentage play. The highest percentage play is a career 38% three-point shooter on, on from the top of the key over a contested fallaway over what ended up being three motherfuckers. That's what it is. You don't get to play the result. I know it's more fun because, you know, then you're never wrong, and it's easy to make stories, but it's the calculus that he's made. It's a calculus that he will continue to make. It's insane that LeBron is still making these these calculuses um, at age 35 and year 17. Like, you would think uh, there would be some... Uh, he, he just defines everything to me. But... But yeah, like you, you can't you can't play the result because if Danny makes that, then like we're, we're talking about totally different things. And you know, LeBron's like super unselfish, and he got he got his Jordan moment. Instead, instead of like comparing him unfavorably to to Jordan, that would have been his Jordan moment, like because the, the same way Jordan passed it to Steve Kerr or whatever. Like it's you know and.
is the exact reason why I can't be a Jordan fan. It's not because Jordan's not great. It's just that I'm not giving Jordan fans anything that they fucking want <laughs> at all, period. Like, like, and and I'm a Kobe fan over Jordan also for that exact reason. I'm not giving you the satisfaction of, of having everyone in complete agreement, complete unison calling in the GOAT because y'all are assholes when it comes to everyone who's not Jordan. So... Um, and when I say y'all, I'm not specifically speaking to anyone. It's just I don't know your names individually. So y'all, Jordan fans, y'all, the collective are ruining y'all. the the you're, you're ruining the current state of basketball for people that just want to be through the NBA. Um, we really shouldn't. We really shouldn't be criticizing LeBron for passing. We should really be uh, applauding and praising Jimmy Butler for his performance and getting ready for another great game six. Um, I don't think I've seen anyone give Jimmy Butler his roses. We we should be giving Jimmy Butler his roses. We should be giving Eric Spolster his roses. We shouldn't be trying to figure out why LeBron's not as great as Jordan, who also has great plays where he passed to other role players, his team to win championships. Um, that that's pretty much it. I just wanted to take my moment to to shit on Jordan fans, and y'all aren't great. Jordan was great, and because y'all are fans of Jordan, that doesn't make you great by proxy. Shut up and go to your whatever day jobs you have that you're insignificant at, basking in the glory of what Jordan was thirty years ago. We we're sick of it. Shut up. We don't care. Yeah, it's it's been twenty two years since the ninety eight finals, guys. It's like it's it's, it's going to pass. Sorry. That's what it is. Like no, nobody's talking about um, Magic Johnson's sky hook, like baby hook from '88 or whatever. Like it's, it's it's been 22 years. Like it's time. It's it's time. Like just let it go. Anyway, so um, enough about hoops. Uh, we will go to a new segment that we literally just made up 10 years ago, and it is called "Hey Dumbass, We're Still in the Pandemic." And as the title implies, we'll be talk, given a situation where they are carrying on as if that we are not in a pandemic. And they have suffered the predictable consequences of acting an ass in a pandemic because the pandemic does not give a fuck about your desires or your geographical lines or your political ties. They care about spreading and hosting. It's not stupid. So, uh... We will use this example for the NFL. We'll use it for the NFL first off and uh, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Um, Pat, I'll just kick this one to you. So please explain to the people what is going on. So there is a rabid outbreak in Nashville. We don't know how it started. We don't know who started it. But effectively, over 30 players and staff and that number may be greater, um, have contracted and tested positive for the coronavirus. And today, October 10th, 2020, I think just yesterday, or maybe the 8th, I think the 8th was the first day since they canceled their game almost two weeks ago that there hasn't been a positive test return by either player, staff, support member, uh, in the Tennessee Titans organization. Um, Tennessee's not alone, however. Um, if you thought the doormat of the league would be left out of these conversations, the New York Jets 
have also <laughs> oh. just closed their facilities. Uh, they oh, they locked their facilities know? down yesterday and uh, said, "Hey, we also aren't in the the uh, the business of winning, so we're not going to want to miss out on this opportunity to lose even more games." So it, yes, the Jets so are locked. Fast, the so Jets fast, are out there facility. And and Sean, correct me if I'm wrong. When you were a football fan, was was that, was that your team? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. I'm so happy. Okay. That I don't have to see any <laughs> score lines or anything in fantasy about those assholes. Please close. Contract, actually. I would like for them to not exist any longer. You know, and that, if, the Jets, nice. if they didn't have to cancel the game against the opponent and just the Jets had to stop playing, I don't think anyone gambling would miss out on anything. I don't think anyone playing uh, fantasy football would feel any effects of the Jets canceling a game. I actually don't even know any personnel from the Jets team that you'd want to start in any fantasy lineup in any league in any format? I can't think of one. Um, I think Barrios. I, I maybe <sighs> if you're if you're desperate. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I'm, I mean, I'm deep in the woods of fantasy, dog. Herndon. Ha I mean, <laughs> ha. That's I, the one he. I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> and let's let's just be honest with everything that's going on. Did or did not Le'Veon Bell get paid before he went to the Jets, right? Yeah, I don't blame him. Is he really losing in this situation? He's on IR. He hasn't been with the team anyways. No one else that's getting paid is playing right now, and he's on IR. He's getting paid not to play. So, Le'Veon Bell, you're the winner. Uh, I just don't. And games are getting moved around. I can't even keep with what happening at this point. I know that the, the Patriots' dim game got flexed from Sunday afternoon to Monday afternoon. It's a 5 p.m. Eastern, which is great for me because on Monday at 2 p.m. there's going to be football on on the West Coast. Um, there's another game. I believe they got moved to Tuesday. Um, <laughs> Tuesday night football, baby. I like I mean, that. We're talking about Tuesday night matching at this point, and the Mac isn't even playing yet. I think we don't get Big Ten or Mac football for another two weeks. So this has just been a completely – folks don't want to miss out on their bag. The NFL doesn't want to lose money, so of course they're not going to cancel. There's no physical possible way for the NFL to do a bubble situation like the NBA or what NCAA is going to do with men's basketball and women's basketball. Um, this is just greed at this point. This is just pure greed. Uh <laughs> capitalism at its finest we don't really care if anyone dies um i know everyone was everyone was dreading the day that a player died on the field from a concussion or a, a significant football injury a hit to the head and everyone was waiting we're literally going to have someone die from covid <laughs> the nfl is going to put somebody in a body bag from covid before they put somebody in the body bag from a concussion or a broken neck on the field this is just, who, who this is just ridiculous who thought man who, who and who would have thought uh, I I was waiting for one, one of the, the death balls to actually lead to death, and c- come to find out, it's going to be through um, unauthorized workouts from the Titans because they don't want to play a contact <laughs> a violent contact sport without any practice. Which can you blame them? <laughs> can you imagine just and, having to go out there without any contact and just playing an NFL fucking game? 
Well, you, you're kind of getting the byproduct of that right now because everyone's like, oh, Dak Prescott's leading the league in passing and Matt Ryan is killing even though the Falcons suck and he's passing is not his fault and Russell Wilson is torching people and fucking Josh Allen looks like the next Brady. Get the fuck out of here. Um, defense is a trash because there's little to no contact in NFL practices because they don't want to spread COVID even though – you're going to go bang your body with grown men for an hour on Sunday. Uh, NFL defenses, the best defense in the league right now is coronavirus. Coronavirus is playing defense on everybody. Um, these defenses look terrible. There's not one defense in the league that's really good that that doesn't allow offense to put up 20 or more points. Um, yeah, this 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 is – Honestly, it's great to just have sports because, you know, earlier in in our tenure with running the show, we were kind of just begging for sports to be played. And um, realistically, you know, the NBA's gotten it right. And I guess baseball is looking good, but who watches that anyways? Um, yeah. Baseball looks great. But the NFL has suffered significantly, and college football has suffered significantly. Arrogance. Um, it's all arrogance, bro. Screed, capitalism. MAGA. He brought yeah, you back you big know. football. When you go to the he voting poll, remember that. He brought you football back. Don't forget. MAGA. Yeah, vote. Well, well, he he bought you your, your virus. He also almost <laughs> he killed his virus. entire staff with the coronavirus. So including himself, mind you. Like pretty amazing stuff that guy. He boy, he he is something else. Something else. Uh, All right, so let's move on to Jalen Ramsey, who uh, (laughs) had himself uh, uh, the the lines of business and and personal business were kind of blended last week, if I recall correctly. I think the aggrieved party was Golden Tate. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, so um, apparently Jalen Ramsey uh, fathered two children by... Golden Tate's sister, and uh, I guess they are no longer in a relationship. And Golden Tate does not take kindly to Jalen Ramsey's assistance anymore. So they got on the field and sparks flew. Did, did I get that right? You're 100% on the money. Um, Golden Tate seemed to be the aggressor from last year. There was a tweet that he put out where he stated that Jalen Ramsey was going to have to see me, and oh boy, did he ever see him! And, oh, he um, saw the shit out of Ramsey, buddy. I don't <laughs> think that Golden Tate won. I think the Tate family has taken multiple L's throughout the years to Jalen Ramsey at this point. Um, let's talk about Jalen Ramsey for a little bit because at one point in his young career, he was a hill. Um, and he still might be a heel to some people, but I personally love Jalen Ramsey. I don't have a problem with anything that he's done in the league, even when he got into his tit-for-tat with Steve Smith um, early in his career. Um, there was a point I in time. I thought that was Odell. Are you talking uh, about Steve Smith or Odell? No, I think Jalen Ramsey got into it when he was a young Jaguar with Steve Smith, and they had a game. Oh, okay, got you. I'm thinking um, of Josh Norman. He is football, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, at, at one point in time, the um the manliness 
of Jalen Ramsey was being questioned, which is insane to me because Jalen Ramsey is six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds, and he plays the most violent sport in the history of the world and plays it quite well, better than most other people that play this sport. And they were questioning his manliness. They were questioning his sexuality because he had some tendencies. Not always enjoyed watching him play and listening to him after because he brought that funk from day one from Florida State. It's just something about defensive backs from Florida State that are really good, really high level. They just have this swagger about them. Um, Jalen Ramsey's been a dog, and you might not have liked his, his, his antics and the way he carried himself in between the plays, in between the whistle and off the field, but when you look at his play as a whole, he's really solid. And there's a really great point that was made by a friend. He's not going to get credit, but it's going to be a friend that's gonna, that, that gave me this point. If you think about all of the other top cornerbacks, going back specifically to that Golden Tate play where he just blew Golden Tate up. And this is textbook tackle, kids. Do you like to watch form tackling and all the, the great things that come when you step with the, the foot and then hit with the same shoulder? That play is textbook. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's – I don't – Jalen Ramsey's a dog. I, that's really all I'm trying to say. Jalen Ramsey's a, a, a pure dog. All the other top corners that you can think of, Revis, um, Sherman, Peterson, would you consider any of them really physical? Um, no, actually, not I think if you if you're talking about Richard Sherman and Legion of Boom and the physicality, all of those guys were big, right? But the the corner that was more physical and he got penalized more for it as well too was Brandon Browner, who is currently in jail serving time. But um, that's neither here. Is that right? Um, Brandon Browner was the more physical corner, but when you're talking about the top corner, best corner in the game. I mean, even going back to when Josh Norman had his running, he was going through uh, receivers and locking them down to, to make his, his claim to, to best corner. None of them were as physical as Jalen Ramsey and brought that. Jalen Ramsey brings a fault. And, I mean, he's not going to go down in history. is one of the most physical corners because the game has kind of changed. I won't allow him to – to, to stake that really claim. Really put his hand on but, motherfuckers. <laughs> right. But modern day, cor- Jalen Ramsey's probably the most physical corner in the game that can give you it on both fronts. In, in the past game, cover and make all the, the right plays and he keys and reads things perfectly and then come up in the run game and give you the, the work there as well. So um, my my favorite nickname for him, me and my boys, Zest Zesty God, Zest God, that's Jalen Ramsey. Cause he's a little zesty, but he's gonna give you that funk. And um, yeah, Golden Tate, man, you just gotta, you and your sister gotta take that L, you know, uh, win that yeah. battle in court, cause you're not gonna win it on the field or off it. Because uh, yeah. I, I saw, <laughs> I, I saw <laughs> poor Golden Tate got faded after the game, didn't he? Um, I, from by all accounts, now on a personal note. I've had interaction with Golden Tate early in my when I was at Ball State University in 2006. He was at Notre Dame, and there were some camps that we were, we're we're the same age. There were some camps, and Golden Tate's been an asshole since he's been a child. But, you know, 
it's cool. Everybody has their own lane. He's a smaller guy, smaller guys in the game. They got to kind of have extra thing about, but um, by all accounts, Golden Tate did not win any fights. He did not win. He did not call for fades and then hand them out. He received the fade. Um, I, I think he even dodged the fade where Jalen Ramsey was waiting for him at the locker room or at the bus. It was kind of like a, a, a Carmelo Anthony, Kevin Garnett situation where um, he was waiting for him at his bus after the game and he, he didn't show up or was already on the bus. So they just avoided it all together. Um, I'm going to say Golden State doesn't want to, doesn't want to pursue that any further. Um, as he shouldn't. We're all grown men. It happened. Sometimes things get out of hand, but you don't want to perpetuate the violence and carry it on. It happened. It's so it rally the rally circle the wagons, rally the troops. You and your sister figure this thing out. I'm sure rally you know, the <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, hopefully he's taking care of his children. That would be one thing that would turn me off to Jalen Ramsey is that if he's not taking care of his responsibilities with the children. Um, although the uh, he did upgrade, he did upgrade when he left. Uh, he did he did make a a great decision. Um, in the looks category, I don't know the woman personally, so I can't tell you if she does things better than Golden Tate's sister. But um, yeah, Jalen Ramsey got the W. He got a yeah, big fat W. Is it one of those where you you look and it's just like, damn, I understand. Is yeah. it one of those? Okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> I guess, and, and okay. if we're if we're being true and protecting our women the way we should, Jalen Ramsey kind of handled the situation wrong because he left her while he was pregnant. The pregnancy was not complete yet. The job was not done. The baby was not delivered, and he left her for a Vegas showgirl. Um, uh, probably a poor decision on his part. Yeah, so on that regard, Jalen Ramsey, take care of your business. Be a responsible young black man. Uh, make sure your children are taken care of, which I'm sure they will be. I'm not going to assume that he's an a, a, an absentee father. Um, but in terms of Golden Tate wanting to avenge his sister's honor, that was a poor decision on your part, Golden Tate. Um, better yeah, luck next time. Get a gun. I'm not supposed to perpetuate violence, but like the the fist alone isn't going to work. It's just something you're going to have to eat, and hopefully, um, with with our uh, our propensity to to have um, things only be in the public eye for I don't know twelve hours or so, this will pass, and you can handle that in a more peaceful, less violent way because that is not the way for you, Mr. Tate. Um, so let's let's move on to more COVID, <laughs> more COVID. But it's going to be uh, we're still in the pandemic uh, HBCU edition with what's the school? Uh, Florida Memorial University. Florida the, Memorial the, University. The the only the only uh, HBCU who is currently playing college football. Am I correct? That is correct. They are a NAIA school. Right. Uh, they, um, just by nature of them being NAIA, are not as largely funded as your other uh, division schools, FBF, FBS, FCS. And uh, I think this story kind of speaks to that uh, disparity in income between your larger schools, your Division One 
PWCs and your NAIA HBCUs. Um, Based on my understanding of this story, and we don't have boots on the ground, so this is just me reading and interpreting what I think is going on. Um, FMU is poorly handling the uh, the testing or lack thereof and and, uh, tracing of coronavirus positive test. Um, If I read correctly, the population of the school itself on campus is no more than 2,000 students. And of those 2,000, I believe only the athletes are there, and it's about 300 to 500 athletes or so. Um, if any students that listen to this podcast attend FMU, please reach out to us and let me know if your demographics, uh, if I've accurately captured those. Um, but based on what I understand, if, if if what I understand to be true, they are only testing their athletes once every three weeks. Good God. So that is once every 21 days, even though we know the virus has an incubation period of 10 to 14 days. 14 days. Um, they are, they, and, and I can only assume that that's not a call that they made because they're like, we don't believe in the science. I'm pretty sure there's a financial component that says, hey, we can't fucking afford to test you guys yeah. once every three days, like all the other major FBS schools are doing that are currently playing. Um, or with the NFL is doing where they're testing once every day, I believe. Um, so yeah, the FMU only testing once every three weeks. And based on what I read, HBCU game day is the source that I received this information from. Um, a female athlete has actually lost her scholarship or whatever funding she had to play sports at the NAIA school because she was blowing the whistle on oh, all shit. so not only are they severely underfunded they're also corrupt and, and, and of shit. implicit in the uh the perpetuating that this virus is disappearing as our president went out on the balcony of the white house and and shouted <laughs> so all of this, Sean, I'm pretty sure you agree with me. All boils down to greed once again. The student's interest is not in mind at all when these decisions are being made. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of taking the air on this because this is football. This is not NFL. So if you want to throw in your 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 opinion on this uh, college college football collegiate football subject, I'd be more than happy to oh, fucking let Christ. you run through. I, I, yeah, like th- this is all on the administration. They, I feel like the only reason that they wanted to even have a a football season was to get money, maybe get a, a larger program to give them a handout to get put away forty seven to eight, or like no, nah, they began blown out for for their checks. So I guess they they really needed that dough, but they don't even have enough money to to safely test their students. And I'm guessing that they wouldn't use that money from the surplus they would have gotten from getting their their backs blown out to contribute to uh, that that lack that lack of um, health care that the students have. And I feel like the 
that that young woman, the only one with any sort of ethics or common sense, the one who spoke out and lost the scholarship. Uh, I wish I, I wish we could reach out to her so we can have an interview with her. Uh, I think that that would be fantastic to just give her more exposure because uh, they obviously did her wrong. Uh, like she's like probably the only decent person in this whole thing. And, you know, her, her reward for doing the right thing was getting a scholarship taken. And now she has to, you know, like, you know, learn, learn the hard way about, about how universities get down, which absolutely sucks. I feel like we, we know it intuitively like how these universities get down, how the power dynamic goes, and how it's supposed to go, and um, I, I just wish that our, our fine folks uh, who actually had some leverage this summer uh, would have held on to that leverage and would have gotten like everything they possibly could before stepping out on these COVID-soaked fields, because that now now that now that the leverage is gone, they like it's just you know. To know with exploiting these kids, if I recall correctly, that Texas Oklahoma game was damn near packed out. Did you see the crowd for that game? I did. Yeah, it was damn near packed out. Uh, so we like we clearly they they clearly stopped pretending to give a fuck, and that you know the students just got swindled, and I, I kind of figured it was going to happen, but uh, it's. It's it's just massively disappointing. It's just not surprising. So, uh, I mean, hey, dumbasses, we're still in the pandemic. Well, there we you are. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Can you do? Yeah, so, um, <laughs> do do we have any party shots before we get up out of here, man? Um. Yeah. Just on a personal note, fathers of athletes. Uh irregardless of whatever program that you choose to send your student athlete to. Um, I know the media wanted to give and paint LeVar Ball in a negative light, but if you are an active father in your student athlete's life, you know what's best for your child almost 99.999% of the time. Do not give your control up to anyone in any position do not compromise your fatherhood for anything because those coaches are in your child's life for a moment, but you're in your child's life for a lifetime. You've been there when the coaches didn't know who your child was. You've had your child's interests at heart and their best interests at heart, rather, from the moment they were born. Do not give that power to someone else maintain that control speak to these coaches like you have that control do not forfeit your control to any coach any instant and this is destined for sports this is for anything um don't forfeit your control your child is where they are by and large part because of the things that you've done to get them there accept that responsibility and know that you're responsible for that don't defer don't pass it along to the child. Yes, your child may be talented. That's of their own doing. That's of their own volition. That's their passion, their drive. But every great system has a team behind it, right? Every great individual has a team. And you're part of that team. You're part of that success. You're sharing that success. Do not forfeit that success. Do not hand that success over to someone else to get a cheap victory behind a name. You are the parent. You are the 
maintain your control. That's my parting shot. Uh, may I ask uh, what spurred that particular parting shot? Because I know that you have a kid in a similar situation. Was there an incident or are you just saying, giving that advice in general? Let's just say a friend of a friend of a friend who's related to myself, but not actually myself is experiencing with administration from a football standpoint. And sometimes when you go to big programs or you trust the program to do right by your child, honesty and open communication isn't given at the, at the gate. And sometimes you're made to feel like you are a helicopter parent. Well, I will tell you that I would rather have the label of a helicopter parent than look back and see missed opportunities. Um, now, that's not, this is not blanket advice. Obviously, you take this information and do with it as you feel. I just feel that we are, and this is for black fathers specifically, we are being coached to hand over control of our children to these white coaches because they can do something that we're not able to do. And I don't believe that's the case. If you're diligent, you're intuitive, you're an intelligent parent, you and that coach should be partners. It should really be like a 60-40, 75-25 relationship where you are setting your goals for what you expect that administration and staff to deliver to you. It's not the other way around where you throw your child into the pool and you hope that they love your child as much as you love your child and do right by him. No, maintain that control. Always be in control. I would rather be LeVar Ball any day of the week than look back on my life and see missed opportunities and say, man, if I was a little more forceful here, maybe we would have gotten a different result. So that that's really where that comes from, this blanket advice for anyone that may feel that they're in that situation. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Well, um, that sounds great. I don't have much for parting shot. Uh, I just have my, my books available, as usual. And uh, um, this is going to be all... Because we never really explained that uh, we've stopped basically filming on YouTube and we've gone as exclusively on Spotify and Apple now. So that's where you can find us. I, I've had a couple of friends uh, ask about where we've been. Uh, we haven't gone anywhere. J- just all... And we're exclusively on Spotify and Apple and wherever you listen to things. So if you listen to things somewhere besides YouTube, we'll be there. So check us out. Um, hit, hit the search link, shooting the shit, uh, rate, review, download, subscribe, all that good stuff, and unsubscribe and resubscribe and re-download. Like we, we will definitely take the numbers and we will keep giving to y'all regardless of whether anyone's listening or not. So you might as well, you know, let people know that you are listening. Uh, so um, that's it for me. Uh, uh, and for Pat, uh, for Brad, who is behind the scenes doing this thing as usual, I'm Sean Gregoire. And that's it for us. Shooting the shit. Go on. <laughs>